Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our shows here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Thanks for joining us here again this week, guys. Um, lots of new stuff going on at the website if you haven't been over there recently. Um, plenty of new articles coming up. Uh, new ADP and new rankings were updated this past week. So if you haven't seen those yet, lots of good new information there i think the adp especially as we're really moving into draft season here um is pretty pretty good actionable type stuff um so so go check all of that out um and as always the other podcasts uh here in the family uh the c2c family of podcasts uh, debbie debate and why wait till sunday um lots of transfer portal activity this week June, you wouldn't think that a lot of guys would be hopping in, but um, we, we had some big-ish names moving around, would you say, Colin? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They're all guys that I would be interested in, you know, in at least some capacity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so three names here that we're going to highlight tonight, and I guess we would be remiss if we did not start off with Eric Gilbert, the top tight end recruit in the 24-7 composite history. Went to LSU last year, uh, put up a pretty nice stat line in eight games. He had 35 catches, 368 yards, and two touchdowns. Opted out the past or the last two games, said he was homesick, said he was going home, flirted with Florida, flirted back with LSU again. And he has finally decided that he is going to Georgia and apparently is going to play wide receiver. So, Colin, I'm going to let you have first crack at this because I ranted and raved on WWE last Wednesday. You did. I, I agreed with a lot of what you said. Um, a lot of what all of you, well, you and Matt both said. Um, the the one thing I'll add here, at, just at the beginning, that you guys didn't touch on, um, is I think he lost himself money potentially in the future by switching to wide receiver. I think that's a horrible idea. Um, I mean, I think that you know we showed that this year that Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts went top four in, in this in this draft um, this year. Um, TJ Hawkinson went top 10 the year before. Would he go like seven or eight or something like that? You know, Noah Fant was also early in the first round. You know, I think Noah Fant went like, what, like 15-ish, top half of the first round, somewhere around there. So teams aren't afraid to take like good athletic tight ends early in the draft. But, you know, you, you have to be a standout at that spot. And I think Eric Gilbert absolutely would have been that if he stayed at tight end. Now, going to going to Georgia, you know, you, like you guys brought up, there's Darnell Washington there. Um, so, uh, you know, you brought up a really good point where like neither of these guys can block. So they're both like very similar players. They're just kind of athletic freaks at the at the wide receiver position at the tight end position. We're like wide receivers there. So it would have been a little bit more difficult for him to stay at the tight end position. At Georgia, I think he should have gone somewhere else to do that. But I think he should have stayed at the tight end position because I think that he's the type of player that could have been this, you know, not transcendent tight end because we just saw one in Kyle Pitts, but he could have been a very, very good tight end in college, a very, you know, he's a freak athlete already. And he could have been a guy who was a very early draft pick. Even a even moving to a wide receiver position, you know. I mean, this year we saw some guys go in the top 10, but it's it's really hit or miss as far as what year guys are going in the top 10 early in the draft at the wide receiver position. And 
there's already guys in the 2023 class that, you know, we like at the wide receiver position. And I imagine the NFL is going to like some of these guys as well. You know, one guy at his own school, Jermaine Burton. I think that's a guy that, you know, he's got, he's got a shot to go fairly early in the NFL draft then. And, you know, so I think that that he's joining a more crowded position where if he had stayed at tight end, he could have separated himself more. So I think he lost himself some money by moving to tight end. So um, I wish we, we need to start bringing in our, uh, our resident fact checker, Chris Moxley onto the show um, <laughs> because uh, a, we talked a lot about how he's going to lose himself that way. You did not, you did not we say did. he was going to lose. No, you didn't. I listened. I know it. You're wrong. Pull up the notes. Uh, I am so excited for when I edit the show because I'm going to clip in the part of the conversation that we had on Debbie debate where we talked about him losing himself money and you talked then, about him losing himself money, but you didn't say because he switched to wide receiver. I did. I do want to take this moment to reiterate, guys, that I am just petty enough to go back and listen to the entirety of Debbie Debate episodes to be able to prove Colin wrong. And in this instance, it was just too much of an opportunity for me to handle. So I have gone back and have kindly clipped what Colin seems to have missed. And here it is for your enjoyment. And so, I mean, if it's a money thing for him, like he just wants to be designated as a wide receiver, I think he's going to lose himself money because he's not going to go on day one and he's not going to probably go on day two as a wide receiver. I just don't think he has it in his, his toolbox to be able to work that position uh, correctly. I don't think you did. I don't believe you. And um, no fan. So you were Hawkinson went eighth overall. Eight. Uh, Fant went 20th. 20th. So, okay. Yes. So still, I mean, you know, comfortably in the first round. Yeah. Um, just not, not quite as early as you were saying there. Yeah. A tight, tight ends go in the first, the first round all the time. I'm not, um, I'm going to try not to rehash what I said the other night, just because, you know, people probably listen to both shows and they don't want to hear the same exact rant um, coming from me. This he's he's a he's a really good athlete. Like, but we had this conversation when we talked about DK Metcalf trying out for the Olympics a couple weeks ago. Like, there are, there are levels to these things. There's a difference between a really good athlete at the tight end position and a really good athlete at the wide receiver position. You know, six six five two fifty. Um, good luck losing the requisite weight when you're built like a shit brick house. You know, there's no way he gets lower than 200, 230 pounds. Um, so it, it's just really funny because there's there's like a really I've I've seen it a couple of times. There's a video of him in high school, and he's talking about how he his his role model, his inspiration, the guy that he modeled his game after was Rob Gronkowski. And now he's pulling this bitch ass move <laughs> to try to play wide receiver. Just we it's it's weird to me, and I don't think um I don't think the like he, I don't think the NFL will keep him at wide receiver. No. So I don't know. You can, they're looking to convert guys, his size that play wide receiver or close to his size to tight ends as it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no value there. And there, there's an extreme shortage of tight ends. There's no shortage of wide receivers in the NFL. Like they're really, if you, if you go do a startup today, if you haven't done a startup in a while, I know I'm asking you to invest (laughs) money and time into something that maybe you don't want to do, go do a startup sometime soon and realize how deep you can be in the 10th round 
and be like, wow, I really like all these receiving options that are still here. Meanwhile, tight end's been bare for about hmm, six rounds. Mm-hmm. Running backs have been gone since about the third. Quarterbacks have been gone since about the seventh. Like, there's not a lot. There, there's not a lot of tight end options, and there's a lot of wide receiver options. So I don't. Um, I don't think he's getting very good advice. I don't know. I I'm starting to get really concerned about him just because he doesn't seem like a diva or anything. It just he's one of those kids that you get every now and then that just is like clearly not getting good advice in the background. And you worry about these kids because they're so, um, you you know, they're, they're so susceptible to what people around them tell them. And I'm sure somebody told him, look at Kyle Pitts. He's not a Kyle Pitts level athlete. He's not. Um, Even if, you know, they could run the same 40 times or whatever. Pitts is just, he's a very rare, smooth athlete for that height. And I just don't think that, that uh, Gilbert is, is that level of athlete. So I'm, um, I hope that whoever he's listening to, that he stops um, and that he can just put his head down and play. And I, I mean, my fingers are crossed, but I, I think I'm going to have mayor jump him in my rankings here. I've been holding off on it until I like confirmed that he was going to Juco or whatever, but I think I'm bumping mayor above him. I just don't want to deal with the headache. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And one of the things with him going to Georgia here, like Todd Monken's the OC there. Todd Monken spent time in the NFL. I mean, he has to at least know somewhat that like he's not going to play wide receiver in the NFL. So maybe he gets on campus at Georgia and Todd Monken is like, all right, now that we got you, let me sit down here and talk to you. You're not going to play tight. You're not going to play wide receiver in the NFL. And maybe you can convince him to switch back. Shaq said something really good in our discord here to kind of wrap up this discussion. He said, you know, that if you're going to switch a player's position like this, but you have to add all these qualifiers onto it, like, well, we're going to switch him to wide receiver, but we're only going to ask him to run these three routes. And he's only going to line up in this spot. And we're not going to ask him to block. And we're not going, you know, if you just keep adding all these qualifiers, then it's probably not, really the best decision for the player or the team. So yeah. and I think I think that's a really great way to sum it up. As always, Shaq comes in at the end of the conversation, <laughs> drops like three lines of just pure wisdom and then just like poof. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I will say something else too, like just circling it back fantasy wise, I, I don't think this helps him really fantasy wise either because as a tight end, like it's you could like count on one hand the number of tight ends that you like think are going to be good producers in the college level, you know, you think are going to be, you can count on week in week out to produce solid numbers. And he would have been on that hand, you know, now moving to wide receiver, like, you know, it's kind of like in the pros, you said there's like a law, you know, a plethora of wide receivers that you like. There's a plethora of wide receivers that I like and throwing him into the wide receiver mix, you know, not a huge fan. Now I will say this year, I don't know how fan tracks is going to do it, but I saw Cole Turner last year had dual eligibility wide receiver tight end. If he has dual eligibility this year at wide receiver and tight end, uh, I think he would be great for CFF redraft and you just take him and you basically get a wide receiver spot in your tight end, but we don't play CFF redraft here. You know, that's not really what our, our show is. So I will say that, you know, C2C perspective, definitely stock down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just last nugget I'll say on that is, I know I came off very strong saying that I was very confident that you guys didn't say that. I just didn't want to back down. I don't know if you did or not. I don't know. You, if didn't, you, you didn't listen to the show? Or? No, I did. But okay. it was a, it was like 
oh, almost a week ago at this point. So do you, do you want the, the Matt Bruning treatment with that video that he cut up yes. yesterday? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to yeah, be you. Throw, it's you, be can you. Throw, you can throw that in there. But see, I know you guys talked about him losing money, but I didn't remember you specifically mentioning because he switched from wide receiver to tight end. I think if he's a wide receiver, I th- if he's a wide receiver, he's not a day two pick in my opinion. No, I agree. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, Kyle Pitts is going to get paid. Yeah. No, fan got paid. TJ Hawkinson got paid. He's not going to get paid. <laughs> no, so. no. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the clip together because I know you and I know you'll find that. Oh, I, I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. I didn't it was wanna, last week. It's like I, I would dig through like months of archives, but <laughs> luckily I've got my I got an easy job tonight before I go to bed. to do. That. <laughs> I just I was just in one of those moods where I didn't feel like backing down. Hmm. We'll see where that got you. You think twice we'll next see. time. We'll see. Um, so Keelan Robinson is a, the second name we have down here. The uh, backup at Alabama, or one of the backups. You know, they have a bunch of guys there. Uh, transferring to Texas. Uh, Robinson was the number 15 RB in his class uh, two years ago. Uh, more of a third down guy. He's listed at 5'9", 190, I believe. Um, opted out last year. But the year before that, he put up. In eight games, he had uh, 39 carries for 254 yards and two touchdowns, so about six and a half yards per carry. Um, And they actually didn't use him in the receiving game at all, weirdly enough, that year. Um, But he's a good pass catcher, and he caught a ton of them. They were lining him up a wide receiver this spring. Um, So he's kind of that Kenyon Drake type guy. Um, Lots of opportunity there at Texas behind Bijan. Really, the only guy they had there is Roshan Johnson. He's converted... Uh, quarterback he's done well but i mean you know you can only do so much um so are you buying keelan robinson now who by the way one of the first episodes of this show i said was the buy in the alabama backfield <laughs> at cost. so point austin you just left even yourself points here don't you i've got two tonight already i beat well, colin to me and to keelan robinson two. to be to be determined to be determined two. on mine two. um two. <laughs> Um, I will say, yes, that was a great call on Keelan Robinson. Um, and I am interested in Keelan Robinson going to Texas because, you know, like you said, Keontae Ingram's out. Uh, yeah, they really only have Roshan Johnson there. Um, they did bring in another guy in this class. and I can't remember what his name is, um, but, you know, he could get some work maybe. But the one thing that concerns me a little bit with Keelan Robinson is they have all of these other, like, dynamic – athletic smaller guys like Jordan Whittington, you know, they have Jake Smith, although Jake Smith isn't that small, but you know, he's kind of position versatile. Um, you know, so they have a couple of guys like that already. Um, so it, it worries me a little bit, but not that much. I still am definitely interested in Keelan Robinson. It's just, a, I just wanted to mention that like I said like, you know, Jordan Whittington's very position versatile. He was an athlete coming out, you know, Jake Smith along the same lines. Um, even Joshua Moore, you know, smaller guy, kind of a slot guy. So it is very, it is really nice that Keelan Robinson gets some receiving work and he'll, I expect him to get receiving work there in that backfield. But, uh, you know, it is a little bit more crowded. I actually think that Sark is going to force Whittington and Smith to wide receiver. I don't think he's going to play that hybrid stuff. I don't remember him ever really using that type of hybrid like lineup in the backfield type role in the past so i don't i don't expect him to do that at all so that that's just why i think they like they were saying they liked roshan because of his goal line work 
which Keelan Robinson was never going to be used there no. anyway at his size. Um, and, you know, the past two years, um, Sark has thrown in his offense in uh, 40 and 51 uh, passes. or they, They've caught 40 receptions and 51 receptions amongst the running backs. That's a pretty good amount. You know, it's it, for college football. It sounds so stupid because, you know, we have these guys in the NFL like um, Matt Forte for years was was you could just write down at the beginning of the year. He was going to catch 100 passes. That, that's not how things really work in college. No. And it's also like three or four, whatever, fewer games per year. Um, so the the receptions for, for RBs are always kind of weird. But that that's a lot of passes for college to running backs. So just take our word for it if you don't follow along with that. Um, so <laughs> take our word I, for everything. Yes, take our word for everything, unless you're in a draft with me, and then trust nothing that I've ever said. Brandon Hay. Um, <laughs> I was just about to say, I feel like that was directed at somebody. <laughs> so uh, the last name that we have here is uh, Trey Bradford, uh, second-year guy running back at LSU. That is the uh, we we do not know a landing spot for him yet, unlike the other two guys. Um, last year, very limited work. 10, uh, 10 rushes, 58 yards, three catches, 13 yards. So, I mean, in a very crowded backfield. He was probably never really going to get time there. Um, just with Tyrion Pr- Davis Price and John Embry Jr. and Corey Kiner and Armani Goodwin, even with you know Chris Curry already leaving this offseason. It's just a lot of mouths to feed there. And to be honest, none of them have ever really broken out. So it's kind of just a big blob of meh there in the backfield. <laughs> Um, although I will say, you know, I've been saying the past couple weeks that y'all have to be careful because they have two guys coming in next year, uh, Le'Veon Moss and Trevante Citizen. Well, Le'Veon Moss surprisingly committed to Alabama yesterday. Um, and it's looking more and more like Trevante Citizen is not going there either. So just to update my usual rigmarole there. Um, <laughs> but Bradford leaving, do we have it's rumored that Oklahoma is the spot that's rumored. Do we like that for him? He won't. I mean, they rotate their guys like crazy there too. They rotate their guys like crazy. I don't love Oklahoma as a landing spot there, um, just because they brought in Eric Gray. I think Eric Gray is going to lead that backfield. But I do also like Marcus Major. You know, still I still think he's fine. You know, I think he's a solid number two back. Um, you know, and probably better than Trey Bradford, or at least you know on par with Trey Bradford. You know, so. I don't love him going to Oklahoma. I'd rather see him go somewhere where he could be, you know, the guy. Cause I like Trey Bradford. I do, but you know, I, I'm a little bit worried about that. I mean, if you want to go to the state of Oklahoma, go to Oklahoma state, you know, they don't really have anybody that I feel that great about. I mean, they have Desmond Jackson who I like kind of, um, LD Brown's like a ninth year senior or something weird like that. They've got a bunch of guys. They got uh right to the transfer there from Utah state. Yeah. Um, it's funny, Nate Marquise tweeted about them like a week or so ago. He was like, I don't know. And I was like, do you like any of them? And he was like, no, but whoever gets the job is like, great. It's <laughs> yeah. like, good job, pay, or good luck picking which one that you know, it's going to be the guy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I think that would be a better landing spot. I don't really have strong feelings either way. I mean, if we we're working under the assumption that Eric Gray is one and done in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. For unless, sure. he, like, until, unless he totally craps the bed. I think we feel pretty good about that. Bradford can step into his role next year, right? Because Major is a little bit of a bigger, like he, he's not the same style of back no. that he is. We're assuming that um, Kennedy Brooks is going to be gone too. It feels like he's been there for seven or eight years. Like he, he's been around for forever. I feel like just one of those guys. Um, and then they do bring in, as of right now, 
uh, Gavin Sawchuk next year, I believe. And he is a undersized running back um, kind of in, you know, Trey Bradford or, or Eric Gray's mold. Um, so that could be a bit of a battle. Um, yeah. They, well, they also bring in um, another running back there too in next year's class, potentially uh, in Relique Brown. Um, so, I mean, very, I think he would play a different role. He's a little bit smaller, uh, 5'8", 185. But, you know, they are bringing in two backs in that class by the looks of it. Rayleigh Brown's awesome. He's my RB5 <laughs> in next year's class. Um, a definition of a guy that just runs angry. I, I'm like bubbling over with 2022 guys that I want to talk about so bad on this show. But I feel like we have to get just a little further into summer, get you, you guys through some of your drafts uh, before we really start digging into 2022 guys. But it's not going to be long before I have 100 guys like evaluated in the class. So I'm very, very excited um, to start chatting about that, even <laughs> though Colin says I haven't watched enough three stars yet. Um, yeah, so, come on. Uh, just paying all this attention to these four star guys. The three stars are boring. I mean, there's been some great three-star running backs that come out. I've watched about 40 RBs, so I have watched a decent amount of, of three-star <laughs> running backs. Jeez. The other positions, not so much yet, but I've, I've watched a good amount of three-star running backs, I will say. Um, so um, thank you for giving me crap on that the other day. Um, <laughs> all right, so the big part of this show that we want to talk about here, like I said at the top of, uh, top of everything here, we just released our new ADP. We update that every month. I think our ADP keeps getting better and better. I think I said that on last week's show just because we're getting more and more drafts that are feeding into this. And a little peek behind the curtain as to how we kind of come up with the numbers without, you know, I don't think this is any, anything proprietary. And I'm not going no, that specific anyway because I don't know jack shit about coding or numbers. <laughs> um, but we weight some of our data. You know, the the closer months way more as opposed to further months back but we just want to include as many drafts as we can in our rank in our adp data to give you guys as much accurate information as we can while still reflecting how things are changing over time you know it's really easy to get a bunch of buddies and do a rookie draft or a rookie mock or whatever it's a lot more difficult to do a 25 to you know 25 plus round startup mock or regular draft for for c2c so we understand the limitations of the format and are trying to get you guys as narrowed in as we possibly can. Um, so I, I, I do think that our ADP data is getting closer and closer to looking, you know, it doesn't need to match our rankings perfectly, but like you see some of these guys now, then you're like, this is not matching up at all. Um, so we went through tonight, we each picked a guy that we think currently are too high and too low at quarterback, running back and wide receiver and tight ends, a tough one. So we didn't, we're not going to talk about that. We'll probably do a whole t- do a tight end show at one point, just, because we know everybody I was gonna say throw everybody for a loop would be fun um so let's start with quarterback here you know that's the one that we usually do and we are gonna go uh we're gonna start with a guy that you think is currently too high in our ADP Colin who do you have uh so the guy that I have ADP right now 166 QB 35 um and that's Anthony Richardson from Florida now you know, QB 35, ADP of 166, you know, you're investing fairly decent capital in him. You know, that's probably what, like a 13th-ish round pick. Uh, you know, I didn't do the math on the top of my head, off the top of my head there, but it's like 13, you know, 14th-ish round, somewhere around there. So at that point, like, I either want somebody that I feel really good about, um, you know, stepping in next year as I got, you know, talking about, like, I would 
potentially consider a Jackson Dart in that range. But, you know, I think that, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I would take Jackson Dart in that range. But with Anthony Richardson, I mean, I don't necessarily feel that great about him as a quarterback prospect overall, um, let alone necessarily stepping in next year. I mean, if Emory Jones leaves, then, you know, we think it's maybe his job. But, yeah, they do have Carlos Del Rio Wilson there, who's a guy I like. They do have John Kitna's son, Jalen Kitna there. Um, Nick bringing, Evers. Nick Evers. I was just about to say they're bringing, Evers. In, they're bringing in your boy Nick Evers next year I, too. I want to talk 2022 so bad. <laughs> so, you know, I don't feel great about him stepping in there next year, even if, um, you know, even if Emory Jones does leave. You know, he threw one pass last year or two passes last year. And one of them was a touchdown and one of them was an interception. You know, so we we don't really know what he is as a passer, but he didn't do much as a passer in high school either. Uh, you know, th- most attempts he threw in one year was 177. You know, he never completed more than 50% of his passes. Um, you know, so, I mean, well, his senior year was close, but either way, it's like not, a, not great pass numbers there. Um, you know, he's more of a rusher, more of an athlete at the quarterback position. So, I don't feel great about him taking over next year. And like I said, if, if you're taking him at 35 or QB 35 ADP of 166, like I want to feel good about him taking over. I want to feel good that I'm going to get some production out of him at some point in college. And I don't feel that way about Anthony Richardson. I, I, I struggle with um, these guys that are kind of on the border of, are they a legitimate potential future NFL prospect? And then jumping right into this guy is blatantly never going to be an NFL prospect, but he's going to produce a ton in college. That line is very, very blurry. I know where I sit on it, but I know just the range of people that we draft with really blurs some of these quarterbacks that are going in that range. So I can kind of see why he goes there. I, I'm not optimistic on Richardson. I think I hold that same view as you. It's another guy like I was, I've been saying with Hudson card for the past couple of weeks, he can't beat out Casey Thompson. I don't know how we can expect him to be this high level quarterback prospect at some point. Anthony Richardson's kind of the same way where unless you're PFF, you probably don't think that much <laughs> of Emory Jones. And nice. if he can't beat out Emory Jones this year with their, they're the same player. So it's not like Emory Jones is Mr. Pocket Passer. Richardson is Mr. Mobile. And they're saying, we're going to rule with a pocket passer. Then at least we could rationalize to ourselves and say they wanted a pocket passer. That's why Richardson didn't get the job. For him to be behind an, a, a guy that's equally raw and probably slightly less athletic. You know, Anthony Richardson's yeah. a freak of an athlete. If, if he can't get this job, then what does that really say about Anthony Richardson? You know, and I guess it's tough to always make that argument because you know it's the Malik Willis Bo Nix thing. Like, how yeah. come Malik Willis couldn't beat up Bo Nix? Uh, but you know, for, for, to be the same kind of player in the system with a coach who has done a very good job with quarterbacks, I think makes me feel a little bit differently um, than maybe. And that's why with Sark, it's the same thing. You know, Casey Thompson, Hudson Card. I think Sark's going to make the right decision there. It's just you know. <laughs> shapes are it should shape your opinion a little bit yeah. of the guy that loses out so yeah and like i said the thing with emory jones too is he's a redshirt sophomore so or going to be a redshirt junior i'm sorry so he could stick around for another year and 
And I, you know, I don't, cause I don't think highly of him as a pro prospect, uh, you know, like you said, as long as outside of PSF, PFF, I don't know anybody who really does. So even their fans think Emory Jones isn't good. Yeah. Like Florida fl- fans were flaming it just as hard as anybody. <laughs> yeah. Not usually not a good sign. Um, yeah. So like, assuming at that point, you know, if Emory Jones does win that job this year and he's not a pro prospect stick, probably sticks around for two years. And then, you know, now what do you do with Anthony Richardson? Yeah, yeah. I, he's just taking up a spot at that point. Um, yeah. So I, I chose Brock Vandergriff uh, for mine here. Uh, and Vandergriff currently has an ADP of 87 overall. He is the 19th rated quarterback in our ADP. And there are a lot of concerns around Brock Vandergriff. It's hard to choose just one to start with. Um, first off, I didn't like Brock Vandergriff in high school. And this led to a lot of tension between me and Mr. (laughs) Felix, who really liked Vandergriff. Uh, I just, I don't even think he's toolsy. Like I know he's kind of mobile. He's got kind of a good arm. He's kind of accurate. His nickname should just be kind of Brock kind (laughs) of Vandergriff. Because he's just kind of everything, but he's not really good at anything. And I think that he was beating up on a what is reported to be, I'm not, I'd be lying if I said I knew everything about rural came from, but it was a supposedly very, very low level of competition that he was beating up on. So, you know, that's a bit of a red flag. You know, it's the Julian Fleming thing that, that we talk about uh, frequently all over again, goes to Georgia. I don't expect him to beat out JT Daniels this year. Daniels is the established guy. looked good last year, you know, dark horse Heisman guy, like whatever you want to call him. He's going to lead that offense this year and, and they're going to ride or die with him. But he was, he, he couldn't get snaps away from Carson Beck, who isn't very good from Stetson Bennett, who isn't very good. He barely played it all in the spring game. And you see some of these other young guys in the same class or, you know, around the top of the, the class, like Ty Thompson, JJ McCarthy, Jackson Dart, Drake may, um, uh, Hugh is obviously rated you know, significant, uh, quite a bit higher than him, but all these guys that went in and immediately were competing for the, and a lot of them were getting the backup snaps. That that's the minimum of what you want to see out of these top guys when they come into to college, because these guys are more prepared for college than, you know, at any time in history, they're just, they play more, they do more throughout the year. The training is more intense. They should be ready. So that should be a huge red flag. He's they have Gunnar Stockton coming in next year. I really like Gunnar Stockton. I think he's a far superior player uh, to Vandegrift. He's if you go go watch some some uh, Gunnar Stockton. You want to talk about like I think I think he's my QB three in the class right now. You know I, I like Ewers is the best quarterback in the class, and it's very obvious. But I don't think Ewers has as many big boy throws on his tape as Stockton does. You know, like you know, you got to drive the ball into tight windows, and the guy can do it pretty easily. Um, so I think Vandegrift is not going to be able to hold him off. I think he's going to have to transfer to a significantly level lower of competition if we ever want to see uh, Brock Vandegriff going. And he's going above all these guys. He's going above Thompson, above McCarthy, above Dart. He's going above Malik Willis. That should never happen. So I um, I would advise everybody to maybe stop drafting Brock, Van- Brock Vandegrift, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm 100% on board with you there on that. 
and you know for for all of the reasons that you said there too you know uh, you know you you, you want to see these freshmen coming in at least you know in a situations like Georgia where JT Daniels is the established starter nobody reasonably expected Brock Vandergrift to wrestle that job away from him but you want to see him beat out Carson Beck you want to see him beat out Stetson Bennett uh, you know we flamed Stetson Bennett for on our uh, was that the wide receiver summit show when we were arguing about Pickens? Yeah. The Pickens argument devolved so quick into how bad Stetson Bennett is. <laughs> yeah. so we like barely actually talked about Jordan. Yeah. So, I mean, he can't even beat out Stetson Bennett. You know, you mentioned some of the guys that, you know, at least stepped on campus, looked decent and, you know, earned number two roles. You know, talk about Preston Stone and Peter Castelli in that group too. Baron Morton, you know, those guys are all guys I would still rather have than Brock Vandergriff. You know, and I don't even I don't have the ADP pulled up here in front of me. I, you know, but those guys are going way later than Brock Vandergriff. So yeah, I'm I'm completely out on Brock Vandergriff. I will not own him anywhere. So conversely, then Colin, who do you think is too low right now? And this is a guy that uh, I know you're a big fan of. So and I'm I'm glad that I was able to snag him before you were because I imagine you probably would have spoke about him if I didn't. Um, yeah. So unlike you, when I make the show sheet, I try to leave a bunch of spaces open so I don't just claim all the shit right away like a dick. Um, cause that's what you do. Just I mean, saying. I don't know. Just saying. You just don't go into the show sheet as early as I do. Every time you send it to me, it's pre-filled out with your stuff already. Not fully. I take a couple guys here and there. Anyway, we're not going to get into our process here behind the scenes. You don't need to peek that far behind the curtains. We'll address this later. You know, in therapy. Um, now, Brennan Armstrong is the guy that I'm too, or that that thing's going too low. Uh, you know, he's an ADP of 339, as uh, QB 86 overall. And you know, I haven't. I'll, I'll be honest. I ha- I didn't watch a lot of Virginia this past year, so I don't really have a strong opinion on him as you know a passer as a pro prospect. I, I don't think I'm going to end up thinking he's a pro prospect, but I'm not going to definitively say that right now because I have not watched a lot of him. But, you know, the thing is, he finished last year at, you know, averaging 26.8 points per game, fantasy points per game in our one uh, league that we're in, which I think is pretty fairly standard scoring. So that's kind of what I use for the baseline everywhere. He finished ahead of Sam Howe, finished ahead of Mac Jones, he finished ahead of Spencer Rattler, Derek King finished ahead of other guys that are perceived to be you know these elite college producing quarterbacks as well you know in Jake Hayner and Malik Cunningham Siobhan Cordero or however you say his name you know he finished ahead of Carson Strong in fantasy points per game so you know if I can get a QB1 fantasy wise you know, 339 or a QB 86 overall. Yeah. I'm on board with that every day. Um, you know, I have, I have him ranked 52 in my quarterbacks. I have him, you know, sandwiched between the guy you're going to talk about and Malik Cunningham and, you know, looking at it, you know, I don't know, maybe I even move him up over a couple other guys here that I have listed ahead of him. I don't know, but 52 feels at least a little bit more right. And, you know, last year, he even had one terrible game against North Carolina state where I'm hoping he got injured. Cause I'm just looking at this box score. He threw nine passes 
and had negative six yards rushing, which he averaged, uh, what was that? Roughly 75 yards rushing per game. Um, you know, even maybe a little bit more than that. So, you know, I don't know what happened in that NC State game, but, you know, even including that in there, he still finished, you know, with, he's finished as an elite fantasy producer. So if I can get that guy that late, you know, regardless of pro potential, I'm in. Yeah, Brandon Armstrong is the kind of guy, because you know me, I'm team zero QB that I just punched, yes. and he is totally one of my options that I snag later. Because, um, yeah, he outscored all these guys last year. People people have never heard of him because Virginia is not very good, and they yeah. probably won't be very good again this year. Um, and he has probably no NFL potential. I mean, I kind of feel bad saying that, but um doesn't take that much to watch him and know that he probably doesn't have that much NFL potential. But um, he'll score you some points. So uh, yeah, I, I really, really like him. Yeah. Where, where do you have, I know I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but where do you have him in your QB ranks? I have him 49. I actually thought I'd be the highest on him, but Felix okay. and Dwight are both higher on him than I am. Interesting. Um, but, but yeah, I, I really, really like him. Um, so I chose Preston Hutchinson for mine um, going even later than Brennan Armstrong. You said Armstrong was going to 339. Hutchinson's at 355. He's quarterback 91 overall. Um, right, last year, in six games, the Mac didn't play that many games, he completed 64% of his passes, uh, a little over 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, six picks. You hear Mac, probably a good thing. And in this case, it is, you know, wide open games on Wednesday nights, you know, 55 48 was like the average score or whatever. It's, I mean, they, they score a lot of baby. points. Last year, Hutchinson, you know, uh, in addition to his his passing totals, if you take out the sack yardage, he netted himself 262 rush yards in six games. So pretty solid. You know, that that's over 500 through a season probably. He averaged 30.08 points last year, um, which was quarterback Uno for the year. So he was the top rated quarterback on a per game basis in uh, typical quarterback scoring. Um, and he should not be going as low. He is. I think it's criminal. Yeah. I don't think again, another guy, zero NFL potential in my opinion. Um, but there are lots of guys that go ahead of him. Um, just, just looking at some names here. Um, you know, he goes after, Well, now I can't everybody. Garrett, everybody. Nu- Garrett Nussmeyer, Luke Doty, Miller Moss, Miller Moss, Miller Moss, guys, uh, <laughs> don't stop it. Um, Spencer Sanders, Kenny Pickett, Juba Purdy, Collins' beloved Will Rogers. He's just going behind Jay Butterfield. So a lot of guys that that he has no business going after. Um, and ninety other quarterbacks. He's yeah. going behind. Um, you said he finished number one in in per game score. He finished ahead of Malik Willis. Oh, you know what? No, I think because I like clipped out, but I think I was going to say that. I think that's incorrect. The uh, the points per game basis I have here, um, he would have been behind um, in a points per game basis. Crum, Willis, Corral, Fields, Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask. Um, You're probably and, right. Let me. You know, but out of that group, um, you know, Fields, Wilson, Trask already gone. So you're already looking at, you know, QB four there going into this year. And, and, you know, so either way there, you know, a top five quarterback, even if he's not QB one. 
Yeah, um, you're right. You're right. He was not QB1. So I was yeah. mistaken. I'm sorry, everybody. Point for Colin. 2 1. 2 1. On the board. The comeback's on. On <laughs> <laughs> the US over here. Uh, oh, yeah. That was a good game last night, huh? It was a good game. I, I'm I'm such a shameful fan. I went to bed after Mexico scored their second goal. I did too. I thought it was over, and I, I had to be too. up early, so I was like, "No, screw it." Yeah, I did so, too. I, I, I had to I, be up extra early because uh, before work this morning, we we took our beloved Enzo in to get snipped. Oh, how's he recovering? Uh he's he's all right. Um, you know, he's, uh, they're, they're keeping him overnight, but they, they send updates and pictures and stuff. They just, they kept him overnight. They want to check him in the morning. Gotcha. Uh, the, so I'm going to the... be up early again tomorrow going to pick him up. Oh man. You're such a good dog, dad. I try. I try. Well, one of the best I know. That's for well, sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, running back Colin, who's, who's going too high right now? Um, a guy going too high right now is a guy that's just strictly living off of hype right now and and his 80 and his uh, recruiting pedigree it's john emery jr uh running back for lsu he's an adp of 108 uh and he's rb 37 overall and i have no idea why um well like i said it was recruiting pedigree and everybody knows the name there but i mean he has not been good in college uh you know last year he had 75 carries 378 yards, three touchdowns, 14 catches for 73 yards. But they just divvy that ball up and, you know, they they pass it around and they have so many different mouths to feed at running back that, you know, he only had 75 carries. And, you know, yeah, Trey Bradford's gone, but they still have TDP. They bring in Corey Kiner, who I like better. They bring in uh, Armani Goodwin, you know, who... I think I like better, but I mean, we don't really know what Armani Goodwin is yet at this point, but it's going to be a crowded backfield there. Um, TDP is the only one that I feel good and ha- secure in what his role is. I don't want him for fantasy because I don't think his role is going to be fa- very fantasy relevant, but he's going to be the between the tackles grinder. He's going to be the short yardage back. Um, you know, it feels pretty secure in that. I have no idea what John Emery Jr.'s role is going to be. And to take him at this point in a draft, you have to take him, you know, inside the top 10 rounds. You have to take him round nine. And I don't want that at all. I'm completely out on John Emery Jr. And, uh, you know, everybody else should be too. Unless you're in a league with me, then take him at his ADP or take him at any point in time because I don't want him anywhere. You know what's crazy? You know, you were just talking about because it, it's fun. We're doing this auction now, and and auctions are definitely different. You know, you can't yes. necessarily compare the two in terms of like ADP and and cost. But you were just talking about the difference between Tyrion Davis Price and John Emery. John Emery, I nominated early on because I didn't want him, and I knew that somebody would spend way more money than they should on him. Tyrion Davis Price is going for like thirty five right now, and John Emery went for one fifty. Really, really makes you think, huh? Yes. Um, someone's going to have some buyer's remorse very, very soon, I think, um, <laughs> if that if that is to actually happen. Um, so I chose, in my opinion, so I sat down tonight and I tried to choose names that just, you know, objectively are not good choices for like factual reasons, not just like I don't like them. 
or this right. is a guy that I'm just avoiding because I just don't like him. I tried not to do that much of that. I tried to find guys that factually, and I think this guy more than anyone on the I'm at too high section for tonight just takes the cake. It's Seth McGowan. Guys, we need to have a talk <laughs> about Seth McGowan. Running back from nowhere and will never be a running back anywhere ever again. I don't know how many people actually know what happened in this story, so I'm just going to lay it all out there and why this is not the same as saying, oh, he got a DUI. Give him a couple months. The, the, you know, the coach will make him get up at 4 a.m. and run up the big <laughs> hill on campus, and then he'll be back and he'll be fine. Seth McGowan helped rob a drug dealer. He went with some friends, including Trajan Bridges, who's also no longer with the Oklahoma program, went to this, um, this young entrepreneur's apartment, <laughs> stole his drugs and his money, and reportedly was holding a gun and pistol whipped the drug dealer before they left. This is not your normal gun under the driver's seat. This is not your normal the cop pulled you over and the car smells like weed. Again, not a DUI. Not he even is, Trey Bradford robbing Walmart. He is never playing Division One football ever, ever, ever again. Never, ever, 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 ever again. And his ADP is 163. <laughs> you are wasting a... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a prime pick, but the 13th round or the 14th round or whatever this is, that's there's still a lot of really good players left on the board. You know, my two low guy is Ronnie Rivers, who goes on average around after this. Ronnie Rivers is actually going to play football this year, guys. <laughs> Ronnie Rivers might actually go to, you know, granted, he'll probably be a day three pick, but he's probably going to go to the NFL. Seth McGowan, the, the the closest football that he'll ever play is if they redo the longest yard with actual convicts. <laughs> that is the only time Seth McGowan will ever play football again. Please stop drafting Seth McGowan for your own sake. It's not Lavoisier Carroll who might switch back to running back at some time, although I doubt it. Don't, 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 don't do it. Yeah, that one that one perplexes me too. And you, you have to think that that's just people not knowing the story behind that and then looking at what he did last year, looking at his recruiting pedigree, looking at him was at Oklahoma before this whole thing and thinking, oh, I'll take the Oklahoma running back there. Yeah, I know Eric Gray's there, but you know Eric Gray will probably be gone after this year and then it's Seth McGowan's backfield. Nope. Like you said, if he ever plays college football again, It'll be a miracle. You know, it'll be a miracle if he avoids jail time. Pistol whipping is a mandatory minimum, I'm pretty sure, in Oklahoma. It's a felony. It's a, yeah, a felony, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure go. it's a minimum. It's like a minimum of five years or something. Um, so there we go. That, that's that's why we need Chris Moxley at the end of the show. He can look it up and let us know. Um, the penal we, also, code. we also need Chris Moxley on this one because we are so bad with math. Every time we're like, yeah, it's an ADP of 163. I think that's like, Around 13, maybe 14. I don't know. I'm bad at math. We say that every time. I said 14, so I was close. Well, I I don't I I didn't do the math on it either. I don't know. I said it earlier in the show. I'm just saying we need we need somebody on here at the end of the show who's at least good at math and being like, yeah, ADP of 163 is this round, this pick. Or we could do the math ourselves before the show, but I don't know what what more you guys want from us. I don't have that kind of time. I don't either to do math. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, who, who's too low, Colin? Oh, man. Wispy got to you, too. How much is he paying for you for this spot? <laughs> Wispy? Matt Wispy? Yeah. 
He's not paid anything. Um, he's. I'm pretty sure, literally, he's the only person in our drafts that has taken Brian Kobach. So that he is literally Matt Wisby taking Brian Kobach like twice. <laughs> well, I mean, there you go. I mean, it's even more criminal than at that point. And yeah, the guy that's going way too low is Brian Kobach. Um, I actually had to look for him because I knew this is who I wanted uh, to do was the too low. Um, and he's going at an ADP of 347 uh, at RB 133. And like you said, apparently it's Matt Wispy is the only one. Who's I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he went in two drafts this past month. I'm pretty sure they were both Matt Wispy. <laughs> well, thank you, Matt Wispy, for propping up his ADP somewhat. Um, you know, and, and so Brian Kobach, uh, running back for Toledo. Uh, now, when he came out, he is a little bit older. He, he came out in the, RB, in the class of 2017. He went to Kentucky initially, um, but he had some solid offers. Uh, you know, all, he had some solid P5 offers. He went to Kentucky. He had an offer from Indiana, offer from Northwestern, Purdue, Syracuse. So he had some good options there. Um, and I didn't look up and see exactly why he transferred out of there and went to uh, Toledo, uh, but I... I know it was something family related. Um, I know because he's originally from Ohio. Uh, he's very close to Toledo. Um, you know, so I know that there was some family issues. I didn't see exactly, they didn't mention exactly what it was, but it wasn't because he wasn't good enough for Kentucky. Uh, they were very excited of getting him um, for Kentucky. You know, he was a three-star guy. He was the number 34 running back in his class. He ran a 4 4 4 40, uh, coming out of high school. At 5'11, 191. Uh, he's now listed at six foot 205. So, you know, maybe inflated that height an inch, but either way, he's put on some weight. He's got decent size there. And he was the fantasy per, on a per game basis, he was the fantasy RB 21. Um, Brian Kobach was the RB 21 last year, averaged 20.5 points per game and, you know, at, at Toledo. So, you know, fantasy relevant guy, you know, there's a bunch of guys that were ahead of him that have since gone to the NFL. So likely to, to at least stay there or, or climb a spot or two, you know, he's in the Mac, like Austin mentioned, you want guys in the Mac. Um, but through six games last year, he had 123 carries, 522 yards, four touchdowns. Also had 24 catches for 228 yards and two touchdowns there as well. So catches the ball well in the backfield. Plays at a max school that's probably going to put up points. He's a fantasy RB2, probably at worst. And he's six foot 205. What's not to like about Brent Kobach? And ran a four 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 forty in high school, allegedly. Calling to Austin too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's a good case for him. Um, and yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, maybe I have to go start buying some Brian Kobach places. Who's to say? Who's to say? Um, I guess we have to hold off on this pod releasing it until we nominate him. Yes, in the auction. Or else, or else yeah. somebody will bid them up way too other, far. Yeah, other people are definitely going to bid him up. It could be anybody. I actually did. I was not singling anybody out with that particular. No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but so, yeah, so, yeah, so he's, 
yeah, we should we should hold off so that way I can at least you know I can get him in that. Okay, deal. We'll we'll work out a deal behind the scenes here. Okay. Um, so I like I said earlier, I, I I picked Ronnie Rivers. You know, speaking of pass catching guys in college here, um, ADP of one seventy four, RB seventy four overall. Um, criminal criminal stuff. Last year in six games. Um, 100 carries for 507 yards, seven touchdowns, 27 catches for 265 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 24.12 points per game this past year. Um, Of the college producer only tight backs, because I think, you know, at best he's like round five. I I really don't see him getting better draft capital than that. Um, You know, he goes after guys like Christopher Rodriguez Jr., Sir Roderick Thompson, Ulysses Bentley, um, and then one uh, Sean Tucker, Kevin Marks, who I think gets knocked down a little bit because of everybody leaving Buffalo. Brian Robinson Jr., I think he outperforms and, and has just as much draft capital in him. Keontae Ingram, who I hate to break it to you guys, but uh, Graham Harrell's offense doesn't feature the running back at all, so he's not going to do jack shit this year, and then he's going to go <laughs> out like the fifth round next year. Uh, I hate to burst bubbles with that one, but that's just how that's going to go. Um, he... And he goes after Max Borky, who, you know, Borky had that huge year in 2019. Last year on a per-game basis, Ronnie Rivers scored about two and a half points better per game than Max Borky did that year. So, I mean, he, he scores a ton of points, and he's going to do it again. They pass a lot in that offense. It's a high-volume offense. Not only is he going to get the carries, but he's going to catch another 40 to 50 balls. Um, so... So I don't know why he goes so low. And I will I think his ADP would be lower. I personally participated in at least three of the mocks or three of the drafts last month. And I'm pretty sure I got him in all three of them. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure earlier than 174 in all of them. So I am single-handedly bumping just like Matt Wispy's doing with Brian Kobach. I am single-handedly doing with Ronnie Rivers. Um, so I, I um I, I'm doing what I can in this space, guys. I, I'm trying to help the community as much as I can. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board with um with, with Ronnie Rivers as well. Um, you know, when we did our our college producers show, um, you know, I think he was I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure he was the highest that for both of us out of the college producers or was very, very close. I think I might have had Mo Ibrahim ahead of him. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would take Ibrahim. Ibrahim's the only like college only guy that I think I would take over him just because he so again, I think he is like a round four at best guy. But he has more size to him, and I could see some stupid NFL team falling in love with the fact that he's a you know a kind of a bowling ball back there. I don't think they will, but I think someone would fall in love with with his size and stuff before, as we saw this past draft, with um, you know guys that are more third down rule type guys falling for the most part. Yeah, um, the last thing I'll say about running backs is I was looking for Bryant Kobach in our rankings, and we need to issue a public apology. He's not in there at all. Uh, he might be on the list to add this coming month. He might. He probably. I think he saw, I saw him on that list, but just the fact that we haven't put him on here anyway, is, is that's tough because I'm looking at some of my guys on here, and I'm like, yeah, I would have him over like a bunch of guys that we have ranked in like the hundreds or so. Um, I would take him over Chris Curry. I would take him over Naquan Wright. I would, you know, there's a lot of LaDamian Webb. Uh, there's a lot of guys I would take him over here. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll get that one corrected. Yeah. And then we'll send him a, 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 a we're sorry card. 
yeah, signed by the whole C2C gang. That'll be worth a lot of money someday. It will. So, um, you're welcome, Bryant. <laughs> uh, so let's move into. Uh, I don't know why that was so stupidly funny. Um, so why that was like your that was like your. Uh, I, I was listening back to our shows the other day. That was like your part. Duh, got me so good at the beginning of that episode that we clipped. <laughs> Duh. I, I, I don't know why that. I don't know why that got me so good. It just it got me really good. I was. I don't know, man. I think I used French twice in that episode too. I was really did, feeling yeah. it that night. But I'm very multicultural, so um, in case you guys didn't know. Um, so wide receivers, Colin, who's going too high right now? Oh, we talked about him earlier, sort of. Yeah, we mentioned him earlier, and this is a little bit of low hanging fruit as well here, but I, I just feel like it needs to be brought up. Is Julian Fleming is going way too high? He's an ADP of 51. He's going as the wide receiver 18. This dude has gotten no buzz in camp. None at all. I get well, it. He, didn't, he was hurt. so Right. But he got leapfrogged. I was segueing into my next point. He got leapfrogged. Egbuka got a lot of hype this camp. Marvin Harrison Jr. getting a ton of buzz in camp. Both of those guys are guys that I liked better coming out. Both of those guys are guys who are, you know, I think are going to jump Fleming on the depth chart. I think they're more talented overall. I, you know, I, but either way, Julian Fleming is not in that first line at all. He's not. He's behind three other Ohio State wide receivers. There's two guys behind him that I like better. He's sandwiched between, you know, like just two really good classes. And, you know, he was he was really good in his own right. So I get people wanting to hang on to it. But it's not like his ADP has dropped with Egbuka and Harrison getting this buzz and him being injured in camp and not really doing anything. You know, it's buoyed a little bit by his ADP of 33 in March, but he's an ADP of 57 in April, which was wide receiver 22, and an ADP of also 57 in May, which was wide receiver 18. There's not been a single month where Marvin Harrison Jr. has been taken ahead of Julian Fleming, and Egbuka was taken one spot ahead of him on average in April, but not in May. He's, but Egbuka was behind him in May. So both of those guys, guys I want more than Julian Fleming, you know, you're looking at the wide receiver five probably at Ohio State. You know, Mookie Cooper and at least had the the wherewithal to get out and potentially Jalen Ballard next year. So, you know, we'll see how that one ends up shaking out with the other guys that they're going to be bringing in. But, you know, Guy Scott had the wherewithal to move to tight end. So, you know, I, I, I don't know what Julian <laughs> air quotes. Yeah, he had the wherewithal to move to tight end air quotes. Yeah. It definitely I, didn't tell I, him he had to. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what Julian Fleming's waiting for. I don't know what he's doing. Um, but just I, I, that's way too early, even if you want to take a shot on an Ohio State wide receiver. There's so many other wide receivers that I would rather have ahead of him that, you know, and, and my prejudgment, you know, uh, Prejudice. I don't know why I was saying prejudgment. My prejudice for the area that he came from aside, I just, I, I don't understand it. Um, I don't either. You know what? Did you say what Marvin Harrison's ADP is right now? You said that he's not going above him. I'm just curious if you knew what his ADP is. I do not have it off the top of my head, but I have the app up here. His ADP is 109. Now it has okay. risen 39 spots. Um, it keeps rising. I was 174 in March, 108 in April, 69, a nice 69 in May. 
So it's rising, but it's still behind Julian Fleming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see if they actually cross at all um, or, if, or if he stays behind him here. Um, so I chose um, Devin Williams for mine, the wide receiver from Oregon. And he's a guy that I'm I, – I, t- I, like, I participate in a lot of drafts, and obviously I run most of the drafts for us. So I, if I'm not in the draft – I am following it and I know what's going on as it's going on every day. There, there are two players that every time they get drafted, I'm like, did I miss like a piece of news or, you know, some sort of, uh, of hype that came out of camp or an injury ahead of them. It, it, Devin Ford, the running back from Penn state who goes, and he's not even like a, a, a recognizable name. So I have no idea why he ever goes early he's not going to touch the ball barely at Penn state, but that, that, beyond that, Devin Williams is the other one here at Oregon. The ADP of 154, wide receiver 48, you know, you're not, it's not Fleming who's wide receiver 18, um, but it's still pretty early. You know, you look at his stats through three years in college here, you know, last year he spent first two years at USC transferred to Oregon. So he's a, he's going to be a fourth year guy here last year through five games, 15 catches, 286 yards, two touchdowns. It's not very good. He averaged 6.87 points per week last year, which, I mean, it's not startable. He's way below Jarek's magic line in virtually every meaningful wide receiver metric, including both dominator and weighted dominator. He's, I mean, he's got nice size at 6'5", 205, um, but, I mean, he was only the third leading receiver on the team last year. And... um, he, they all, all three of them return plus Deontay Thornton plus Troy Franklin. I don't think the quarterback situation had approved at all this off season. So he's not a college producer and he's probably not getting drafted till like the sixth round of the NFL draft at and the that's earliest. at the earliest. Exactly. I think he's probably going to be undrafted if I had to guess to go in the same range you know, one one fifty four there. So I, the guy, and I'll just say again, you know, the guy that I'm saying I'm is too low is Jalen Cropper from Fresno. Cropper is wide receiver one thirty two, ADP of three thirty, and he's going to put up a ton of points. And I bet he gets drafted before Devin Williams. Like, and, and there's no reason for the disparity uh, between some of these guys. Um, so I just Williams is such a weird one to me. If, if you really want a piece of that uh, that passing offense, which I'm not sure you do. You, yeah, it's Franklin or bust. If you don't get Franklin, then you take Thornton later. But I don't care about Johnny Johnson the third. Um, I don't care. I forget who the other kid that that outproduced him last year. But I don't care about him either. Like they're just nobodies. So um, I, I would advise people to maybe not take him so early. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. He's a guy that like I was mildly interested in in the off season. Uh, you know, and then. Troy Franklin and Deontay Thornton both started putting up, you know, uh, impressing in, in the spring game and all spring and the spring game. And, and, you know, now I'm, I'm pretty out on, uh, on, on Devin Williams as well there. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that one. Um, so who, who's your too low Colin? Uh, so my too low is uh, Jacob Copeland, a uh, wide receiver for Florida. Is an ADP of 381 and is the wide receiver 155. 
Um, last year, he had 23 catches for 435 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so 18.9 um, yards per reception there. Um, so that was pretty solid. But, you know, he was the, he's the top returning um, wide receiver from last year for Florida. They lost, um, you know, Kadarius Tony. They lost Trayvon Grimes. They lose Kyle Pitts. Um, so, you know, Jacob Copeland's the, the guy who had the most production from last year coming back. And now I, I do expect that offense to take a pretty significant step back in terms of volume and, and likely in passing efficiency as well. Uh, you know, given the switch from Kyle Trask to Emory Jones, because, you know, we we poo poo Kyle Trask a little bit on here, but he was a good college quarterback. You know, he put up some good numbers threw the ball well, distributed it well, got Florida you know, to the SEC title game and and had them, you know, going kind of shot for shot with Alabama. Um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, as like I said, as much flack as we give Kyle Trask, you know, he was fine as a college quarterback. He could distribute the ball. I don't feel that great about Emory Jones doing it, but somebody there does have to catch the ball. And I think that they are going to take a step back in overall, you know, passing volume um, and, and likely efficiency as well. But you know, I, I, Dan Mullen offenses do throw at a decent rate. Um, you know, it's it's slightly over 50% for, for his career since, you know, he coached at Mississippi State. Um, and, you know, I just, it's like I said, somebody has to catch the ball there. I don't know who else it's going to be. It could be Xavier Henderson, um, who is CJ Henderson's little brother. Uh, but everybody seems to think that it, that's, that that's who it's going to be, as evidenced by you know, uh, everybody's, and I'm trying to pull him up here. The The app froze on me here. I apologize, but um, I'm trying to find where his ADP was. It is 205, um, but it was as high. It dipped this past month, so maybe people are catching up on that a little bit. It was as high as 178, um, which is significantly earlier than Copeland, and I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think you can say that he's going to outproduce Copeland this year. Um, the, the phrase post hype sleeper is probably thrown around too much, but I think that definitely applies to Copeland who people thought would break out this past year. And instead yeah. it was, um, um, Mr. First round, uh, giants wide receiver who, uh, ended up stealing the show a little bit there. But, uh, but I think that that Copeland has, will be the wide receiver one there this year, if I had to guess. Um, so I, yeah, I chose Jalen Cropper. Like I said, ADP at three thirty, wide receiver one thirty two. Um, Fresno State guy, you know, I, I I'm not even a big Fresno guy. I chose I chose two of them here to talk about tonight. <laughs> um, just a lot of value there in the Mountain West Conference. It's a pretty high scoring conference overall. In six games last year, uh, Cropper put up 37 catches, 520 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, on a per game basis, he was scored 17 points per game, and that was wide receiver 17 last year. Um, at least as, according to fan tracks, it seemed high. Maybe they took out. Maybe I was looking at the 2020 instead of the 2019 stuff, or the, the 2021 instead of 2020. They might have removed some of the guys from the data. I'm not 100 percent sure. Fantrax does that for some reason, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, regardless, he scored very highly on a point per game basis last year. Um, he does have iffy NFL future. He's six foot 170. That 170 is the big scary part, but he was listed at 160 last year. So he is getting bigger. He won their spring award for the guy that um, like killed it the most in the weight room and through those kind of workouts. So he's putting in the work. 
he doesn't have to get if he gains 10 more pounds i think we feel really good about six foot 180 you know once 170 is kind of scary um but it's an offense that passed it 41 times per game last year their head coach is has a reputation of doing that so it wasn't a blip i think they'll pass about that much again and just a couple of names that I picked off that were right above him that he goes after are uh, Levante Chenault, who literally the only reason anybody likes him is because of LaVisca, Kyle Ford, who has blown out both his knees in consecutive years, and Chad Johnson Jr., who is Chad Johnson's son, but is like the wide receiver five or six on the depth chart at ASU. He's not He's not really going to play it all this year. Um, so he goes behind all those guys, and he just, you know, I'm not going to say he's wide receiver 30 or anything, but. He should probably be a top 70 guy. He's definitely ranked in there in my rankings. Yeah, I'm I'm completely on board with you there with Jalen Cropper too. I mean, he's a guy that we've mentioned on the on the show a little bit before, uh, but especially when we were highlighting the the Fresno State offense. And you know, I think at worst, like you said, he's going to be a big time college producer. So at that ADP, that late, yeah, absolutely. You you want to take a guy who's going to be a big time college producer. Um, you know, and, and like you mentioned before, you have guys like Devin Williams who are going at, you know, more than half of where he's going or Devin, he's going two times as late as Devin Williams. We're not math guys. I can't explain that very well, but Devin Williams, like you said, 154, Jalen Cropper, one thir- or 330, you know, he's going that much later than, than guys like that. And there's a lot of guys like that, that ahead of him, too many to list. So yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on Jalen Cropper, especially at that ADP. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for our show tonight, guys. Um, again, just thank you guys for continuing to listen. Check out the other pods on the C2C family of podcasts. Um, make sure to be on the lookout for the Midweek Companion Show. I uh, can't bound, but as always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good week, guys.